0: Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Here we are into the first week of the new year, and I've got to attend a couple of meetings, the city council meeting and the criminal justice commission meeting that usually comes the day after. So one of the things that was interesting and created a subdued or suppressed or uh, slowed down response on my part was when Verizon came in and they were talking about the services they could offer the city with the uh, television and the cable, you know, the internet, how through your profile, they can target ads to people over the TV, even they're watching. And so, different people with different profiles would get different ads. And all of that's kind of kooky in a way. I talked about ordering some jeans over the holidays, and now every time a window opens, an ad for some jeans pops up. So just the way that they can sort, and you know, and it's an attempt to sell you. Now, my thing is that you read things, and before 9-11, there was a lot of surveillance the government had. And after 9-11, privacy died. It's just crazy to think it exists. So, but okay. Take my information and suck it all up with everything else and stick it in a hole, and that's the government, and God knows if they'll ever, you know, use that or use it against you for sure. No, unless you're... On some list or something. You know, I mean, it can happen. You can fall out of favor for wearing the wrong color. So anything's possible, but it seemed a lot less likely than if the private sector gets a hold of it and tries to profit from it. And the young woman from the agency was talking about the analytics and all the things they can run and do and election results and, you know, your own voting record and everything you watch, preferences, it's kind of scary stuff. It's that people, you know, have the ability now to sell you stuff, bombard you with stuff that you may have some inkling to be interested in, but not fully. And that's one that I've struggled with forever, even on TV. You know, you you have to watch the ads. That's just how it goes. But I don't, want to be sold in the way that is more specific and seemingly more sinister, preying on me to get me to do something that I don't want to do. And I know sharp marketers say that this is just helping you make up your mind. And there's some of that. And my goodness, though, life sure does get more complicated. I mean, people have always been nice to you when they're trying to sell you something. Salesmen, politicians, all in between. So isn't that a silly thing to think that someone would sell you something with abuse? Hey, get over here. I need you to buy this. You're going to buy it no matter what. And uh, I got to tell you, there was a funny time when a friend of mine, a guy I worked with actually well, maybe I shouldn't tell this story, but he needed money. I think he needed it to buy cocaine. And he came to my house with a Siamese cat telling me that this cat was worth $75 and I had to give it to him so he could go out and score. It was the middle of winter and my concern was that, I mean, God only knows where he got this kitten but that he would just toss it out the window if he couldn't get any money. So I gave him the money and I got a nice Siamese cat. And I guess that's kind of where we are as Americans, some in much worse shape than I, being held hostage over this border wall. And it seems like if he doesn't get the money, he'll just throw everyone out in the snow and drive off. And we will know a little bit more about this tomorrow. You know, we need the government open because people aren't gonna get paid. 800,000 people aren't gonna get paid. And some of the ideas about what they should do, get a part-time job, lemonade stand, have a garage sale. I mean, these things are so insulting to people that just wanna do their job and do the best they can for this country but nothing is ever easy. And I was talking about Mark Maurer. He's the um, author of The Meaning of Life and the executive director of The Sentencing Project, which specializes in criminal justice reform. And he was on The Daily Show, and I spoke about that at the Criminal Justice Commission meeting. Now, I've had the advantage of working in an actual maximum security prison, and a county jail. And I can tell you that prison is a place like no other place. It's hell on earth. And, you know, one of the things about reform, criminal justice reform, is the experts, and it's true, they say that people age out of crime. And young men grow up and they're not so rowdy and they settle down. And I'm sure this happens to whoever it happens to in a variety of times, sooner than later for some and later, and there's some that it never happens for, and there are people. So, you know, you can't just have standards that apply across the board. It's it's a case-by-case basis, a merit-driven decision, and leniency is always the greatest tool. But there are dangerous people. I mean, evil, dangerous people. Easy is it? As I think about aging out of crime, I just conjure a picture of like Bernie Madoff, the uh, Ponzi scheme, you know, kingpin, whatever you want to call him, in in the news in the last ten years, who was brought down, just swindling investors, you know, had a good wrapper, portfolio, or glossy flyer, whatever. People believed, and he just go to the next people and suck up all their money and talk them into signing up more people, and he basically did not age out of crime. And now that he's caught and put in prison, you know, I don't know if rehabilitation will change him and he can come out of prison and get a job working at a burger place just to stay busy and contribute something. None of that seems likely. So he'll age into total dependence rather than just dependence on the prison he's kept in. Maybe they'll let him out before he dies. And this gets us into the question of what is a crime, you know, in its essence? Because, yeah, young people do crazy stuff. They drive around in their cars and get drunk and lean out the windows and bash mailboxes with baseball bats. And I guess people do grow out of that kind of crime. But some of this other stuff, it's a little less cut and dry. So I think where I have a little bit of moral ambiguity and all this, I just, for instance, if you, and I know a lot of merchants who make their living selling Items. I knew Duke from Duke and Slims, and they sold TVs and wash and dryers and stereos. And if you stole from Duke and Slims and you never knew who Duke was or what any of that was about, the family nature of the store, the relationships, and the lifelong, you know, service people gave to his store—it's a family. So stealing a TV from Duke and Slim is Different than stealing it from Walmart because Walmart's a family too and people work there. And But it's just a little, you know, difference of separation, I guess. So now if you make it even more personal and close in, say someone breaks into your house and steals your TV. See, there's a, not a TV. There's an affront there that I guess people grow out of. And I suppose I don't have to tell you I'm not really being serious. People do that all through the years and desperation drives people. So again, are you just wanting to be malicious? Are you still just trying to make a couple bucks to score? And so you're going to fence the stuff you steal from somebody else or a store or a corporation? So why are you doing this? And I guess part of it is always, you know, the greed to get some money to purchase something. And that's why, through the years in the civil, law, you know, Western world, um, there has been an effort in England to pay drug addicts. And so, if you give them money to even support their habit so they don't have to steal, well, is is that a moral victory for humanity or? civil society. It it might be, but, you know, that's why the reform and the social justice, and it's it's really a hard subject to take on because there are so many intricacies in this. So I watched the movie White Boy Rick with great fascination, and in there, the story of a teenager who got involved with the FBI and other agencies and informed on drug use or drug sales in Detroit. It's supposed to be a true story. But the thing then was, and it's still believed that, you know, people get, white people with powder cocaine get much lighter sentences than black people with rock cocaine. As a fact, you can't dispute the records. But in the end of it all, white boy Rick wound up getting the longest sentence and michigan prison history so bernie madoff steals all your money white boy rick sells some drugs and gets involved with bad people who's the worst criminal or is it you know treason it's such a powerful word and they say well you have to be at war and all this and that but just betrayal of your country i'm not sure there's a crime more heinous and so, see, if you're a Russian and you said betrayal of your country is the most heinous of all crimes, you might believe that, too. But there's a shade of difference, isn't there? For instance, the organized crime in America, they have it in Russia, too. and We've had it perhaps longer because in the Soviet era, it was the Politburo and Stalin, my God, this guy was a gangster, extraordinary, you know, he just wow. You know, murder with impunity, it just it just really didn't matter. If you looked at him wrong, it's just like Saddam or any of these other crazy guys. And see, that's what gets us back to why I love America so much. You have In these other countries where these dictators come up, I mean, they have absolute power over life and death and people's civil liberties. I mean, it's a joke. There are no civil liberties. There are no liberties. It's a police state. And, you know, the complexity of America is that there are trends and there are undertones and there are things that we wish we didn't even have to, you know, look at, think about, consider a crime of a certain sort and graft and corruption, public corruption. I mean, these things strike at the heart of what we're trying to do. But in the end of it, even with the most punitive prison system and all that, it's nothing compared to how they treat you in other countries if they just want to get rid of you. And so I guess that's what it comes down to. It's betrayal of the public trust. And in America, there is some public trust. In these other countries, these dictatorships, there's no public trust. So there's no betrayal of the trust. Everybody, you think about it. I watched this show once on um, slaves in ancient Rome and what they thought, you know, their rights were. And they just didn't consider that they had any. And we're not talking about black African slavery, which was the plague of this nation's birth. We're talking about anybody that they captured, they enslaved. So it wasn't a racial thing. It was just, uh, we own you now and work and do what we say or we kill you. And so to me, betrayal of the public trust is the thing that gets me the most. And now today in the news, the New York Times broke the story that, and this is, you know, I, I do you remember back when um, Trump took the ambassador and the other guy into the Oval Office and said Comey was a nut job and he fired him and got the Russian pressure off his back? And then what he did in Helsinki, that you know, then he's going to sit alone again with uh, Putin, and they let him do it. It just absolutely drove me crazy. Well, it turns out today, and it turns out, and listen to the words I'm saying. It turns out that after Comey's firing and that other business in the Oval Office with Kislyak and the other guy, that they launched this counterintelligence investigation of Trump with the eye towards knowing for sure or learning more about his his collusion his his cooperating he's either an agent of the Soviets unwittingly or knowingly but they have him he's working for them and you can't bring an investigation against the president of the United States unless there's some evidence they know so our government is still shut down. Who knows what'll happen? Anybody thinks they do, doesn't really. And all I can say is God bless America. And if you hear me next week, we made it through another week.